The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and before we go any further, I need to say, if you have not seen The Power of the Doctor, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. I don't want to go. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and this is the very beginning of the episode, so you know that it must mean either Kyle's happy, it was a big episode, or both. And who's going to help answer that question? None other than Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, and hello to everybody out there listening. Doctor Who is back. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. And so is Dr. Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I'm well indeed. Very well indeed. And uh, yeah, as you said before we started recording, feeling unusually good this week. Indeed. Maybe that's really the power of the doctor. Oh, well said. But considering... Yeah. Let's assume. I think that grunt meant to kill me now. <laughs> was clear. I am containing oh, well, myself. Well, I promise. Okay. But all right. Assumingly, that someone is listening to us for the very first time and does not know how often I have to contain myself, what would you like mm. to tell them? I'd like to say thank you for joining us. Um, this is an odd one to to begin with, and uh, so we hope we don't run you off, but. Uh, uh, you you got a lot of other things you could be doing, and we appreciate you spending the time with us. Indeed. And if they would like to subscribe to Discussing Who, Clarence, what could you tell them? Yeah, you can uh, check us out on any and all podcasting platforms if you want to subscribe. And also check out our socials, which is Discussing Who on each of the social medias. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, gentlemen, I... Put the spoiler warning at the very beginning because I don't want to delay anything. I want to get right into this. And literally, the 13th Doctor's era has come to an end. Her journey has come to an end. And I think I need to say that The Power of the Doctor is the third of three Doctor Who specials, first airing on the 23rd of October, 2023. It starred Mandip Gill as Yasmin Khan, John Bishop as Dan Lewis, and Jodie Whittaker in her farewell performance as the 13th Doctor. A brief synopsis of the episode says, Who is attacking a speeding bullet train on the edges of a distant galaxy? Why are seismologists going missing in the 21st century? Who is defacing some of history's most iconic paintings? Why is a Dalek trying to contact the Doctor? And just what hold does Rasputin have over Tsar Nicholas and in 1916 Russia? Summary view. Lee, I'll start with you. Summary view. What did you think of this episode? Well, I think um, we may have all approached this with some dread and said, oh my goodness, this could be bad. And the first word I heard from somebody else trying not to spoil on Facebook just said, I hate this. 
So I kind of went into it braced for the worst, and I just had a rollicking good time for 90 minutes. And um, I, I want to come back to the, the person who was saying, I hate this, but um, I, and I understand. I understand what their objection was, but um, I, I didn't. I just had the best time. So that's my, that's my quick gut reaction. Okay. Clarence Brown, what say ye? I would say that this one is kind of hard to hate for obvious reasons. Uh, You know, as we get ready for this review, oftentimes we'll watch it or, you know, listen again. I was very, I did not want to listen again. (laughs) I I didn't want to watch again. I wanted to just go in with my first impression and let that, you know, be what I come into this review with. Because, you know, as, as with most things, even when I was watching it the first time, there were some things that didn't sit right with me that didn't make sense. Um, and maybe you guys can talk me down, but I will say ultimately, I think the story was fun. I think some of the plot was a very messy. The first quarter of the episode, I really was not feeling it, but yeah, they, they definitely tied it off really well by the end and gave us all the nostalgia one could dream of. So yeah, yeah. I think this, this was a good episode. Mm, okay. So this is why I love doing this podcast with the two of you, because you guys play right into my questions. And I think that's simply because we've almost done this 300 times and we just play off of beats of each other. That being said, we're going to get right into in just a moment, Clarence, some of the things that you just mentioned. That said, I did something... So I'm going to make this a little bit long-winded, but I did something that I've done with every single incarnation of the Doctor since we had the Ninth Doctor transform or regenerate into the Tenth Doctor, which is rewatch all the episodes in prep for the regeneration. I rewatched some of the Thirteenth Doctor era stories for the first time since we reviewed them which is literally something that I've never done. That being said, I went into it prepped to be disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. I was happy beyond measure happy, but there were plot holes in the story and I want to get into that. So the first thing that I want to talk about as a group, the three of us is let's talk about the overall plot of the story. And I'm going to try my best to sum it up and I want to see if you guys agree with this want to edit it or disagree and want to do your own thing so here is my overall plot as best I can whittle it down which is the master attempts to imprint himself as a forced regeneration to become the doctor thus inheriting seemingly unlimited regenerations. Everything the doctor, I mean, everything the master has done in this incarnation to this point has led to this goal. Thoughts? Unlimited regenerations, what? Uh, come again? Because I didn't get that from this episode at all. Lee, what do you think? And I'll, then I'll answer the question. Well, uh, it seems like that could be a side effect of making the doctor turn into him. But I think really his goal is just to get rid of the doctor once and for all. You know, he'd be sure because he'd be the doctor. 
who the doctor would be him. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's all the goal. So, so hence right there is one of the things that I think if you take away some of the fan service that we got, uh-huh. I think helps this or helps us to see that the story back to Clarence's point, there were some plot holes in there because if the three of us could not come up with a concise that we all agreed upon that says something about the story and Clarence where I was going with that was my assumption was if the master is imprinting himself onto the doctor and he has you know revealed to her she's the chimeless child that that in turn would give him if he is in the doctor's form and the body give him those re- the ability to regenerate unlimitedly because he is now her or the doctor. Well, if that was the case, they would they should have said that. And that actually would have made more sense as a motivation. But from my gathering of the episode, his only real motivation was to tarnish the doctor's good name. And to me, that makes everything else he did in this episode dumb. <laughs> I mean, if he could have just killed her, he had his own TARDIS. It looks like the doctor's TARDIS. Uh, sans just different colors in his side. He could have just killed the doctor and pretended to be her since when he did the regeneration of his body into hers, he looked like himself. So what's the whole point of it? it uh, help me out here, Un- guys. <laughs> unless it's to get the they didn't say that. that can regenerate. They didn't I, say that. I, I, that I agree. Never- <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Lee, what do you think? Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. Um, It's funny. I have quibbles with other plot holes in this, but that's kind of the big one. And I hadn't really thought about (laughs) that. It would have made a lot more sense to have Jodie Whittaker playing the doctor and the master. Yes. Yes. Right. For for him to force that regeneration and then for it to still be the master. But now he looks like the doctor. Yes. And that would have been a a real treat to watch her play the master, too. Mm. So now I'm mad because they didn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but yeah I, I i do get it and it is fun to see him in her costume and, and all that stuff and saying you know i've regenerated i'm the doctor you know never mind what i look like and um <laughs> I, i'm a little troubled by it by the fact that they, we had that glass box that has rasputin in it and he they, they just sort of walk off and leave him there mm-hmm. and I, i'm thinking man if there's one thing we've learned over nearly 60 years is don't turn your back on the master but nothing happened with that, so I <laughs> I didn't quite follow what was going on there either. I said, "Wait, there's two of him now. What what's happening? I don't, I yeah, don't understand." I'm so confused because wasn't it one in a few? Well, uh, let me just interject real quick because wasn't it one well, in our current time as well uh, that escaped from the prison? What what happened to that guy? I'm I'm so confused by the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So part of the confusion comes from Rasputin. As I'm asking this question, I'm going to preface by saying I love this era in Russian history. When I was a teenager, I was obsessed with Anastasia, the mystery of Anna Anderson, the whole mystery of was a child of the czar, survived the massacre of the royal family, all of that. I was so into that. So when I heard that there was going to be a reference to this, you know, Nicholas II, and uh, the family, I was like, okay, this is going to be so cool. The master did an excellent job, I think, of being Rasputin, 
But for the entirety of the story, what purpose was there? Or was there a purpose no. other than the visual? It's just there. we this is a time travel show. We need the time travel. We need something. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go to we gotta go to Russia in nineteen sixty. <sighs> well, and I wondered if it's just pure fan service too, because one of the things that we know historically about Rasputin, or one of the things they say, is that he had a mesmeric control over people, that he could look you in the eye and you found yourself wanting to do whatever he said. And and it's fun to sort of explain that by saying it was the master <laughs> who we know can do that with people. So it's like, oh, well, that explains everything. Rasputin was actually the master. Also, there's this great film, Nicholas and Alexandra, and the master, uh, the master, Rasputin, is Tom Baker. Mm. And and he's brilliant, you know. And and so I wondered if a lot of this wasn't just sort of a way of tipping the hat to the fourth doctor. Is is Rasputin known for dancing? <laughs> he's known from pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including in in the bedroom. Yes. So the so the so the myths and legends go. Yeah. yeah. So that's really part um, of the person's history? Yeah, he was a very bad guy. And he was, well, well yeah. dancing. But, but dancing people adored him, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's the master. So, yeah. so, so that's Sasha Dewan's master. If, if that is, I got another problem because they, they copied that directly from, oh, what's the name of that franchise? It was a prequel where they were, they had Rasputin in that series as well. Is it League of Extraordinary? No. Oh, man. Okay, I'll come back when I remember the name of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. But there's a scene where they dance and fight, and it was very similar. I'm like, his doctor, you just jumped uh. the shark when they played the music. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Go ahead. But see, you know, this is exactly what I was afraid was going to happen, is that this story works while it's in kind of a bubble. You know, but if we if we start poking at it, it will just pop. <laughs> It'll just well, I know. purposely staged this conversation to, for us to air our grievances first, hmm. and then get into the things that we really really liked because I think they're coming. But one that really stood out to me so much so that I even verbally commented on it when they brought this up. So this idea that we have a Dalek that is reaching out to the doctor because the Dalek has decided that the entire Dalek plan is wrong. And the doctor acts like this is the first we've ever heard of this, and this is something new. And I'm thinking they're going, and I verbally say, what about Dalek Khan? What about Rusty? Yeah. yeah. No, I had the same the same reaction doctor said wow that's a new one i thought no it isn't <laughs> it is not <laughs> it's 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 rare but it's certainly not the first time this has happened mm. clarence i think you may have my intuition is telling me you have figured out what that franchise was so would you like to go back to that real quick yeah yeah the the name of the movie or the franchise is the kingsman they did a prequel movie oh, okay. called the king's man and in that one, it has Rasputin in it. And he's like dancing huh. and acting maniacal, sort of like the master was see. in this, in this so, episode. That may have been a deliberate shout yeah, out. Maybe. Yeah. So let me ask you guys about, as a standalone story, so let's assume for a moment 
let's just think of this as a standalone story and not the end of an era finale. Does it pass the smell test? Whatever the smell test is, does it pass the smell test for you? Standalone story and not the end of an era. Does it pass? Clarence, what do you think? Well, we talk about the story of the nostalgia, because <laughs> I think any time it'll pass with the nostalgia in it. But story alone, I feel like to, to me, it feels as if they had these plot or these beats that they wanted to hit. And that's what they started with. And they worked their way back. That's kind of how it feels, because we do get those big tentpole moments that have these this brilliant idea of of this hologram and, you know, things like that, they were ingested there with it within this story that made it very interesting and very appealing. But I think overall, some of the, um, some of the things that happened that, that pushed the plot along kind of just didn't quite gel with me. But again, we, we do hit these points that are quite awesome. Like the master having his own film and things like that. But to me, the overall narrative that, puts all those pieces together felt kind of weird and not well thought out. Yeah, it it is. It's hard to untangle the fan service from the story, isn't it? But I, I, I do think that it, it hangs together nonetheless. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear from people who, who don't have the history with the show, who don't, who don't know who some of those people in uh, Graham's support group there at the end were, you know, if you, if you just have no idea who Ace or Tegan were, then, or who, who, or who those specters are that they're talking to. Um, does it all still make sense? Does it still hang together? Cause I, I cannot be objective. I don't know. Mm. All right. I'm going to answer the question. I think if we strip away all of those elements that we just talked about, the fan service and et cetera, I think it passes the smell test of visual and, you know, a lot of explosions and excitement and fighting, <laughs> you know, and, and using the budget for all of those things. But I think it was a lot of, explosions and battles but but not so much heart now we're going to get into some of the heart that i think that there was but i think overall the the episode just kind of it would not be one that i think that i would recommend someone who has never seen doctor who watches their first experience yeah no i'd have to agree with that and this is going to merely be speculation because I don't think there's no way for us to know this, but I'm curious to know how much of this special was Chibnall Chibnall or how much of this special was Chibnall with some BBC input in, we want this to happen. Those beat points that one of you mentioned, Clarence, I think you mentioned just a minute ago. Any thoughts? Clarence, won't you take that one first? Hmm. I would like to think it was something else that, that Chibnall came up with. Um, <laughs> but, you know, other stuff we have from him that didn't really get explained or, or played out to fruition. So this is one I think we're going to live with for a while for, well, at least a little bit. So I don't know, maybe it did come up from the higher heads and even the idea of the, the master going into the doctor's body i wish we could like live with that for a little while i know it's almost impossible because we have to do it in this episode but 
What if they would do a couple of episodes back or spin off another series? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like something that would have been interesting, an interesting idea on its own to live with for a few episodes and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I, I, I keep going back to this. One of the things that I really enjoyed most in the 2010 series was the two-parter Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. I just think that's a great two-parter and it just ticks all the boxes for me. It's just great Doctor Who. So whenever I've been the, the most upset during this last series, I've been thinking, never forget, Chibnall wrote Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. Mm. So, and I've just been listening to our last um, podcast episode that's dropped and and we made the comment there that we we always wonder what it'd be like if he wasn't the boss, if 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 he had a, an editor, if he had a you know, <laughs> a story editor saying, eh, I don't know, let's look at this again. Because um, that's what would have happened on Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. Mm. I I do kind of suspect um, some other hands at work on this one of sort of some mandates. But I don't know. I really don't know. Mm. I, I know I don't want to jump ahead too far, but I know that there's so much buzz when there's a, a regeneration coming that I feel like somebody, and, and you know, this could have just been him, but there must have been somebody who'd said, let's figure out a way to surprise everybody. They know who the next doctor is, and they know this moment is going to happen when she's going to turn into him, right? What if we said, ha, gotcha. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it, that, and that could have come from somebody higher up, or, um, or that could have just been him. Because in a way, what difference does it make to him? He's... He's off the show. Yeah. I remember one time in recent past, maybe in the last year or so, that Kyle said in an episode something like, 2023 will be brought to you by the letters RTD. Just saying. Yes. But I was going to ask us this question, which I think we've just answered ourselves, but I want to add a comment to kind of close off our negative part the things we didn't like. I was going to ask us, let me return to a question I asked in our previous episode. Did the Chibnall era hurt or harm Doctor Who? And my thought in the answer to that is, I don't think it actually hurt Doctor Who. And bear with me here. I actually am glad now that I've seen it in its entirety that the Chibnall era happened. And the reason for that is if something keeps running on 90%, so everything is 90, everybody's liking it, there's going to come to a burnout. But since you've had this time frame where it wasn't necessarily a burnout, but it was just a whatever you want to call it, it seems like in the days since this aired, and this is nothing negative toward Whitaker, but it seems like since this episode aired that there has been a renewal, a regeneration, literally, in the the the, the whole Doctor Who fandom. Would you guys agree to some? To, do you guys agree with that? Well, I've seen a lot of excitement on social media, but it's been about the new logo. <laughs> <laughs> but but isn't that but it's but that's still Doctor Who. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, I mean the fact that people are 
looking at that as something to be happy about, you know, especially uh, old geezers like me, because it is, of course, a, a reworking of the, the 1970s logo. And we're like, yes, familiarity for the win. Mm. But uh, yeah, it just it, it, it's our promise that uh, the show goes on and uh, and there's there's new blood, there's new life. Mm. So Clarence, what do you think? Uh, well, I haven't really been on the Internet that much researching this, so I don't know. Mm. I think for, at least from what I heard from you guys, it seems pretty positive. Uh, and I think I saw Alan post something. Alan Siler post something seemed pretty positive. Mm. So I do think we're in a good place now. Back to whether Chibnall, you know, le- uh, did more to advance or take away from the franchise. I think we're just right in the middle. We're right in the middle. It, it, this episode was kind of, he brought some of his greatest enemies back, you know, to kind of round things out. And I, I still stand on the point of there's this big gaping hole in some of the ca- canon that's been newly established by him that hopefully gets addressed sometime in the future, you know. But, you know, even that being said, I think overall, everything I've heard so far, it seems like people are excited. And a lot of that is mainly due to <laughs> the appearance of a said doctor. But, you know, I, I, I think I think we have a lot of, to be excited about going forward with the mm. an old showrunner coming back. Mm. You know, based on the comment that you just made, Chibnall, I think it was in Doctor Who magazine that did that he did an interview and his interview basically focused around the idea that he wanted to restore mystery to the Doctor Who and that his intent and we've heard him say similar things and then we've commented on that his his intent was never to establish these questions and provide a resolution his intent was simply he wanted to establish questions we could argue that forever probably whether that was right or wrong but i think that's wrong but i'm <laughs> thoughts on what you guys do you think that's a good or a bad thing <sighs> i think time alone can tell ooh time so let me ask you guys yeah. real quick before we move on. Any other negative or things that you did not like before we get into the rest of the review? Uh, things I would have changed about the episode. I, I would have changed the degeneration. I would have changed it to a different color. Um, just for a visual difference. Not much difference there. And I also would have changed um, the, the RO classic companions coming back. I would have liked to see them maybe captured or something. I don't really like how they got in the mix in the story. Although it was cool. It was interesting. But I think it would have been more fun to see them somehow caught up in the story a different way. Instead of just, um, you know, uh, getting a letter from the master. And so he. Okay, let me stop. No, no, no. Keep going, please. <laughs> no, he, he claimed to be able to see 10 steps ahead at one point. I just well, find that funny. Then then he gets outsmarted by non-time lords in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although the master is is nothing if about hubris. I mean, he always thinks his plans are unstoppable and unbeatable. Yeah. You know, and he's always wrong, so. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, not every incarnation has the ability to say something nice. 
Just saying. It's true. Just that one. Well, I was going to mention that uh, I, I, I loved uh, Ace and Tegan. And I'm not sure. I, I'm trying to figure out if I agree with Clarence about how they were introduced to the story. In both cases, I, I got the feeling that they're doing the Sarah Jane thing, that they they can't stop um, being the doctor's companion. You know, once they've done it, you you got to go around and, and meddle in things that seem to be uh, uh, going awry and trying to find out, you know, who, um, well, what's what's really happening. And to try to help if you can, try to help everywhere you can. And I, so I liked that. The, the, we only got it through dialogue, but um, they have carried on as best they could. Um, but both still clearly heard that they they never heard from the doctor again. So there's that. But so for all of that, Ace suddenly produces her trademark jacket and her baseball bat from inside Unit. And she says, I put these here earlier. I hope that's okay. <laughs> and and that was my moment like yours with the Dalek where I said, what? I I thought they just got here. I mean, that's cute, but that just doesn't make any sense. And so now all I can think about is that that doesn't make any sense anyway. Okay. I was hoping that we'd get to see her hit a Dalek with a baseball bat. You know, that that's pure fan service and, you know, we got it, so. Okay. <laughs> and Graham shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Graham's, Graham happens to be there too. In the pit of a volcano. In the pit of a volcano. <laughs> exactly. As one does. Yeah. So let's, let's talk unit for a second. And I love the mm. fact that unit is back, but in the course of Chibnall's run, he has taken unit away from us. He has mm-hmm. rebuilt unit. He has Kate Stewart establish a new unit headquarters only to see it explode at the end. Why? He's, he's got something about unit. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that whole thing kind of puzzled me. I think we just needed something for um, uh, Kate and Tegan to do. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. why are we even going back here? Um, what's important about this building? Maybe they yeah. maybe they said it. I didn't it's, know. It's full of Cybermen now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's talk about the uh, let's let's stay with Tegan and let's stay with Ace. And throughout this story, the Doctor implants this holographic implant in them or on them so that she can communicate with them. And Clarence, you made the comment to me in a chat. Uh, the other night that you really, really liked this until I think I burst your bubble and said that it reminded me of the doctor being split in three ways in the vanquishers and Chibnall was just once again, using (laughs) the same idea again, that Mm -hmm. said, what did you think about seeing the doctor interact, but change to another incarnation of the doctor and let's take the sixth, excuse me, the seventh doctor and ace. What did you think about their interaction? I'm sorry. We fell out. I'm sorry. I judged you. I didn't understand the burden you carried. All children leave home sooner or later. The joy is to watch them fly. So, we're good. Oh, we're more than good. 
voice. I mean, I loved it. I think there's nuances in their conversation that I'm not going to get because I wasn't a, around or really watched that era that much. But I, in, but in the same vein, I really loved it. I thought it was very touching. This is the second part where the nostalgia started to hit really hard. I think before is when they when they first met in the mm, afterlife thing with all the doctors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a great way. I kind of wish they would have set it up a little differently. Maybe show those old doctors in their prime doing, you know, setting this up in the event they died, <laughs> that this would happen. But but that doesn't matter because I, I really loved it. It was great. I like how they did a little inflection at the end of each of their talks to go from this hologram-esque uh, visualization to just a touch of realism at the very end. I, I thought that was brilliant. If this is what Chibna gave us, I hope we see it again because it's freaking amazing. Um, my favorite thing about the, the episode, frankly, is the whole idea of the... Uh, the AI hologram, which uh, is is not original with Chibnall, because you, you remember that uh, that's how uh, Rose is able to pilot the TARDIS briefly. She's um, it's it's not her, but the TARDIS has been pre-programmed that it has the talking AI in it, and the Ninth Doctor is telling her what's going on. So um, it did not appear to be as interactive, but. Um, the 13th doctor says, I've been working on this literally forever <laughs> and that it should respond to everybody who talks to it in a different way. And with that line of dialogue, we've explained it and that makes perfect sense to me. So when Tegan interacts with it, it turns into her doctor. I never forget any of you. I remember everything. Yeah. Well, what am I thinking seeing all these Cybermen? Patrick. Now, Braveheart. What? I missed you. Missed you too. And is able to say Braveheart to her, as he always did. And, um, you know, there's even closure for Ace and the, uh, and the, uh, the Eighth Doctor, the Seventh Doctor. And um, that's just marvelous. Um just a, just a lovely idea all around. Uh, and I love them, you know, in their, their uh, subconscious landscape as the, uh, the guardians of the edge. That's just, it's just a lovely idea. So I'm going to go back to agreeing with what you guys said about if Chibnall gave us one thing, this was worth it. This is the perfect way to show a previous incarnation of the doctor and explain why they look different simply because they are interacting with someone who, if it's a former companion, has aged since they were a companion. I just love that. I love the the beats of both of those scenes, the emotional beats. I really, really loved it. The one that actually got me the best feels, honestly, was that scene that was the precursor to this, when you saw the first doctor, it literally uh, like took my breath away. That was so freaking cool. Thoughts about that scene where we see all the former doctors interchanging with themselves. And Clarence, I'll point mm-hmm. that one back to you. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Love every second of it. 
had me thinking, I want Paul McGann to come back and do a series. He looks like he's in great shape, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. But yeah. yeah, just a great scene. I wish we could have got number two in there somehow. Uh, if it was, you mm-hmm. know. Three. And, yeah, three as well. Yeah, two, three, and yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, four mm. as well. And we, of course, didn't do any of the New Who Doctors. But, but man, man, uh, such a great freaking scene, man. Such a great scene. Lee, what do you think? Well, yeah, especially since um, Peter Davison and Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy were sort of famously uh, skipped over in Day of the Doctor, to which they responded with such uh, such wit in uh, the Five-ish Doctors reboot. But um, yeah, it was just great to see them back in uh, in the canonical show and to 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 have an important outcome on the plot. There was not just their uh, as cameos, they uh, this this script device uh, came, made it possible for them to to be important to the story. I just think that's fantastic. Force mm-hmm. ghosts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're force ghosts, and that's okay. But you know, I I didn't expect that I was going to tear up watching any of this. But that that little scene between um, Janet Fielding and Peter Davison that that got me. I wow, yeah, I. Yeah, when, when watching that with tears in my eyes, yeah. what, you know, what are you thinking when you see the Daleks, Adric? That yeah. that was just brilliant. Yeah. And Cyberman, yes, I mean, yes, Cyberman, not Daleks. Yeah, and for people who don't know that they lost a companion in in combat with the Cybermen, you know that that scene just makes no sense yep. at all. But, I didn't know, but we know. <laughs> well, you guys knew. Yeah, spoilers <laughs> and and. Uh, yeah, and, and a number of little things like that. It's like, well, that was just for us, but, uh, you know. And I bet if we go back and watch that story, I bet that was probably what started the character of Tegan getting to the point to where she says, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I will say this about the Eighth Doctor. Having watched a lot more of the, or not watched, listened to a lot yeah, of the Big Finish. The big finish. He is awesome. And they were playing up his personality. I've learned so much more of how to appreciate his doctor, because I think that in the audios, he has a thing of he likes books more than people. And he's very, I'm going to do my own thing. And he was doing his own mm. thing, even in this. <laughs> Why don't you have a robe? <laughs> I don't do robes. Just I don't do robes. That's whatever. So let's talk about companions proper meaning the current set of companions dan dan went away quite quick Mm -hmm. lee what did you think were you expecting to see dan kind of given the boot so quick no but you know in a time travel story i said we're gonna we're not gonna leave him here that's we're we're gonna pick up him again (laughs) Uh, there's there's no way and uh so I was really glad, really glad when the, uh, he and Graham turn up at the end. I love, love seeing that as well. Um, you know, he just made a decision that this ain't for me. <laughs> I almost died out there. Yeah, I, I've had great mm-hmm. adventures. And oh, man, I wish I had the quote. But when he when he disembarks, he makes a statement about how these experiences are going to help me shaping my future. And I really love that line. I'm gonna look it up in a second, but man, great line from him. But in the end, I I do love how he and Graham and everybody have come together to kind of have a, um, (laughs) their own little group 
to to talk about things. I thought it was really really amazing. <laughs> I wish we would have got Ryan back as well, um, just for a cameo. But you know, he might have been shooting something. <laughs> yeah, he was originally announced as being in the episode, but uh, I'm looking at the uh, the closed captioning. I have the episode open here, and, and here's what he says on the way out the door. I was one hand away from flying off into space and suffocating. I don't want to push me luck any further. Mm. I mean, all this. All this is amazing, and I've had the most incredible time, but it's not my life. And my life's far from perfect, but I need to get back to it. I need to attack it. Mm. And I can now, because I've been with Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so good. Isn't that great? And, and, you know, one of our recent arguments that we've had about, not arguments, but, you know, thoughts about companions in the previous two eras is when they leave it is such a momentous event it's you know this big earth-shattering exit well Mm, one thing that chibnall did restore in his era is the exiting companion who just exits that's it Mm -hmm. they just true yeah exit Mm -hmm. so not saying that's good bad some people may like some people may not but but something different there you go so let's talk Yaz for a moment. And I, I want to start this one. I think this this episode, in my opinion, showcased the very best of Yaz. I think the scene that she had with the doctor, she pulled off, in my opinion, the final goodbye scene between them when they're talking much better than Jody, not complaining about Jody, but I felt her tears were genuine. And, you know, that actually kind of made me sad watching it. I thought she did an awesome job in this episode. Thoughts? And Clarence, why don't you go first? I think she did great. She had to be the doctor for a portion of the episode to help save the doctor. You know, got to fly to TARDIS, got to stand up to the master face to face, even maroon them on a rock for a minute. So, um, mm-hmm. I think I think her performance was was pretty pretty uh, stellar in this in this episode. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's much to add. It was good to see her. You know, I talked about it a second ago, but walk into that room with all the other former companions, and I liked seeing her uh, actually for the little bit she did interact with some of the classic companions as well that were in the episode. So, yeah, I thought she had a stellar job, and you know, it's because of her that. <laughs> We have a doctor going forward because he was instrumental. Uh, I, I, I think this is Amanda Gill's finest hour. It was uh, just, uh, yeah, it was terrific, terrific performance. And and I've, I've had kind of approach avoidance about her, about, yes. And I was just completely on board with her. And I, I was crying with her there at the end. It was just, just terrific. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm glad that um, she followed the invitation and, <laughs> Um, and I, I, there's some, some sort of, I'm, I've been trying to find something online to, to confirm this because, you know, rumors, but, um, and I'm trying to get the, the timeline right about when they shot this, but Jody had a baby this May. Mm. And I think that there was some. I don't know the details, but it was apparently it was a, a difficult pregnancy that she she was she was sick a lot, and that would have been while they were shooting this. Mm. Since I knew that, I that moment where um, Mandip Gill has to pick Jodie Whittaker up and carry her, 
I was thinking, oh my God, that is the sweetest thing in the whole world. <laughs> I think she's carrying her and her baby too. Oh, ah! um, but, um, but I'd also read that because she was kind of, uh, her health was kind of fluctuating, that she kept a lot of that to herself. So um, the rest of the cast may not have even known she was pregnant. Mm, interesting. Anyway, yeah. She wasn't showing in the episode, certainly, so. Well, I I think, and I'm going to go back again and say, I think this was Yaz's finest hour. And mm. I I think I appreciated her more as a companion this episode than any of the previous episodes. That, and, you know, awesome, 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 awesome job. One thing before we move on that I did want to mention before we get to that point of getting to the end is... I wish Chibnall would have made this decision and have done this as much as I liked the fugitive doctor and as much as I liked every appearance that I saw of the fugitive doctor in the episode, the timeless child, when we see the fugitive doctor and she says to the 13th, when have you ever been limited by who you were before? If, if, we would have replaced the fugitive doctor with the first doctor in that scene. I think that that would have allowed me and a lot of other people to embrace the timeless child, to get the feeling that the first doctor was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So, Yeah. It's just like, that's not your decision to make lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy that. I don't want us to move off this support group at the end without talking about the the kind of moment that for me was the punch the air moment. Oh yes, tell when us. We, we, we're we're looking around the room, and one of those one of those actors is is William Russell. I I was so so glad to see him, and he only gets one line, but it's excuse me, did you say her? <laughs> but that's Ian Chesterton. That's the first human companion of the Doctor, and. Um, and there he is. Um, had to do the math. He hasn't been on the show in 57 years. Wow. It's going to be hard for anybody to beat that record of coming back to the show after after a gap of 57 years. But there he is. That was that was good old Ian Chesterton in the in the support group for people who've been left behind by the doctor. And he chose to leave, I may say. But um Yeah. And of course, uh, Katie Manning there, adorable Katie Manning, and um, Bonnie Langford, mm. and uh, who else was there? Well, uh, Graham and Ryan and Yes, yeah, and Tegan and, Tegan and, Ace. and Ace and Kate Stewart. So uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> saying I may be recruiting some yes. of these. Yeah, hey, uh, what? yeah. Well, just real quick, uh, Kate Stewart talking about recruiting recruiting these folks. Wasn't that Torchwood? Didn't we do this already? <laughs> Hey, where's Torchwood right now? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I love that. I'll, I will say whenever I saw William Russell, you know, Ian Chesterton, that was, I think, the moment that kind of teared me up a bit other than honestly yeah. seeing the, the, the all the doctors. I, I was blown away happy seeing that. I mean, I, I thought I had been given every single gift uh that I could possibly have <laughs> yeah. asked for, you know, having seen them. And, you know, I didn't want to go any further, literally, but we had a regeneration. Yeah. 
we've often commented about having regeneration means tear down the TARDIS, the doctor for mm -hmm. the first time since the eighth to the war goes outside. I, I think the visual of that was outstanding, beautiful. For the first time I was on board with the music, that entire yeah. moment there where she just spreads her arms, looking at the sun and regenerates. Blossom, yes, Blossom. That's the only sad thing. I want to know what happens next. Right then. Doctor, whoever I'm about to be. Tag. Lee, what did you think? I'm already seeing fan art of that effect in that moment. It was it was beautiful, and I really was glad that she didn't wreck the TARDIS in the process. That's just that's just not who she is, and uh, so that much of it I loved. And um, and you know what a, what a great line, tag you're it. It's fabulous. Clarence, tag you're it. What did you think? <laughs> uh, everything Lee just said, beautiful, picturesque moment. That I, that's going to be one of the generation, regenerations that, that we want to remember. I mean, it's pretty spectacular. Yes, indeed. And particularly, it is going to be one of the regenerations that I am going to remember for a freaking long time. <laughs> I know these teeth. Lee Shackelford, the doctor regenerated into the 14th doctor. Thoughts? That's right. As we expected. Um, and one of the last titles on screen is, and introducing David Tennant as the doctor. So what? I look forward to, what? I look forward to seeing, what? learning about this. Uh, oh, sorry. This, looking forward to looking <clears throat> to learning more about this, this promising young actor who's going to be the 14th doctor. Um, I guess I'm saying that right, tenant to tenant. Yeah. Right? Hey, I, I'm going to make a prediction here. When he hmm. regenerates, I think this guy is going to do a great job. And Clarence, uh, I know you're about to give your thoughts, but I have a I have a prediction. When he regenerates into the fifteenth doctor, whenever that time comes, <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm going to be liking this guy so much that I'm going to say, I don't want you to go. Oh, just God. saying. Yeah. Clarence, what did you think? Uh, so the regeneration changes your clothes, I guess. Yes, it does. Okay. Yep. Right. Does now. <laughs> yep. Know. yep. Yep. Um, or degeneration, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. Interesting, possibly fun. And I'm wondering, because I saw the teaser for the special that's coming up. I'm wondering, is Shudi Gatwa going to be stranded in a similar void as we saw Jody stranded in this episode as he awaits to become the doctor. I wonder. Mm. Oh, I, I like that's that. That's interesting. I very yeah. much like that. And let me just say, I was right. I was right. I was right. I'm so freaking yes. happy to you be right. You saw the leak from the script. I, I promise you, I did not. <laughs> I promise you. You can ask a gentleman that I work with who I know listens to this podcast. I wrote on his 
board in his office sometime either, either at the first of this year or last year, well before yeah. Shooty was named. I wrote on his board, X plus RTD equals 14. Just saying. So is he the 10th doctor or the 14th doctor? <laughs> well, I think we're going to find out. It's fun that we, it's going to take us a while to find out, but I wonder if the clothes aren't a clue. I think they are. That, that this is, this has to do with the hologram and I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, since this was a story in which we saw the doctor actually changed into the master and back again, um, you know, obviously all bets are off and anything's possible. Mm. Um, you know, when we did our, our regeneration show, which I guess has yet to, to be released. Um, so spoilers were, <laughs> we, we, I forgot that I wanted to, to mention that, uh, the 11th doctor actually died. D I E D died. And river gave up her regenerations to restore him. Does, does that count as a regeneration for him? Good point. Very, very good point. Now, according to anyway, according to, <laughs> uh, screen rant to answer the question about, uh, the uh, numbering, it says Shuti Gatwa mm. is confirmed to be the 15th Doctor in Doctor Who with the title <laughs> yeah. of 14th going to David Tennant. Just, just throw the damn numbers right. away right now. I just saw, yeah, <laughs> just exactly. <laughs> it's it's only valuable if you're uh, collecting the action figures. Yeah. I'm through with the numbers. Henceforth. <laughs> well, just the, tell me the actor's name. Yeah. Well, the Doctor did right. say at one point, and I, I am hearing this in my head. The doctor says, I never forget a face. The curator says, I know you don't. Mm -hmm. And in the years to come, you might find yourself be revisiting a few. Just saying. That's right. We, we knew it was going to happen. So I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm mm. going to predict that if the Neil Patrick Harris character that is set to appear is the celestial toy maker i'm going to predict that somehow he is manipulating the doctor maybe to the point to way to what you said clarence as to doing something to the regeneration that caused this version incarnation to come back and if you've seen this trailer you know with shuti's doctor saying you know, can somebody tell me what the hell is going on here? Hmm. That that just makes me think this, and maybe the clothes are part of it. Who knows? Yeah. But to, to me, this is the first time with Chibnall, you know, we talked about, we don't know how much he had to do with this, but it's actually the episode provided like a great explanation for why she may, or th they, as Judy said in his video, which I love, they may be going in reverse now. Uh <laughs> And to me, that's what I, that was the whole justification I gave it that because we already just did a degeneration, as she said, as she emerged from mm -hmm. that capsule thing, I thought that's just what was happening. Some of the timey-wiminess of the regenerations has gotten out of whack and, and that's the explanation for it. Now, you may be totally correct that this toy maker may be manipulating something, but that's what I got out of it. I thought it was that mm -hmm. manipulation there that's put us on some downward or backward spiral that is, is leading right. to what we have now. Yep. Yeah. It, that makes the most sense that this is a residual effect of what the master did back in 1916. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't care if it was the master in 1916. I don't care if it was Missy and Missy time. I don't care if yeah. it was uh, the first doctor in 1963. I don't care if it was the 12th doctor and whenever. I don't care if it was Bill Potts waiting for somebody. I don't care. The 12th, I mean, the 14th freaking doctor is David Tennant. Now, I'm happy. There you go. I guess. Whippy. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear your happiness. Well, and, and I said I was going to be fair about this, and, and so I really want to honor that. That uh, It's our, our friend Nicole, you know, who's frequently a co-host on this show, who loves, loves, loves David Tennant, but has you know serious problems with uh, some aspects of the of the 10th doctor. And so she was uh, one of the people who was very not happy to see this, uh, this little trick being played on us at the end, because the last thing she wanted to see was the 10th doctor come back. And, and I respect that. Um, I, I guess this is a calculation and, and it may be one of those things where Chris Chibnall may or may not have any, even had anything to do with it, but this could be a bit of real calculation on the part of the BBC um, on the strength of how many people love, worship, and adore the 10th Doctor. So, but, you know, uh, for her own reasons, Nicole is, is not happy. So, although maybe maybe during his time, he can go and freaking apologize to uh, Martha for the way he treated her. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, some other things like that. Maybe, maybe we can get some closure on that. I don't know. It would be amazing if he just jumped around every now and then. You know, this episode, he's the... The, the eighth doctor, the ninth, you know, that would be <laughs> and, and, cool. and who's to say we won't see that? That would be fun. Literally. That's right. Who's to say we now won't that, see that? Now that, that it seems like all bets are off. I've yeah. got to stabilize my regenerations or it's going to continue forever. <laughs> Give I me mean, that planet. I need a planet to do this. And yeah. So. This is the, this is the <laughs> next, uh, this is the 60th anniversary. So who's to say within the 60th anniversary that we don't see a regeneration into Paul McGann's eighth doctor. We don't see mm -hmm. uh, David Bradley as the first doctor for a moment. You know, maybe this isn't the traditional, if it will be a traditional multi-doctor story in the sense of several doctors, you know, together, it may mean the doctor being several doctors throughout the story. They're saving the fourth doctor well, for the one special. of the things. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, one of one of the things that would have been lost on people who don't know, you know, the classic series is the quick reference in this to uh, uh, a forced regeneration and and yeah. you know the doctor being told, "Oh, you you you've had this happen before, haven't you?" Mm. Um, Maybe now in New Who that means we can we're going to go back and explore that space between Second Doctor and Third Doctor as, as many of us have always. And you know what would have been an awesome line when she began to regenerate? She would be like, "Stop this! You're making me dizzy." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been lovely. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our favorites, because we are right at an hour, but I knew that this would yeah. take us a little bit longer. We have seen, let's talk briefly, the new logo. I, I know I can't show it on a audio podcast, but thoughts on the new logo, the new old logo, I should say. Yeah. Well, the colors are bolder. They used to be um, uh, very 70s. They, they, were, they had some some uh, some slit scan streaks in them and so on. And, and it was... Um, 
the whole the whole point was that it would change colors in the animation that was in the opening titles. So it was really just the the outline that was official. And so now the official version has a lot of neon colors in it. So it, it really pops. And the word who is what jumps out at you. Yes. So uh, I, I, you know, mm. that's always been my favorite version of the logo. Probably more out of nostalgia because that was my first, you know, that was, that was the Doctor Who logo as I knew it. But also just because uh, as a, you know, as an amateur graphic artist, I just always thought it was a, a cool way of getting those words into a, a geometry it's just so glad to see it back and and to see it see the colors pop in it it's, it's i just think it's great okay clarence what about you what were your thoughts are we reading into that who popping out of out of the logo like an apple announcement uh invitation oh i don't know <laughs> i wonder yeah mm. yeah mm. Mm. i mean we're <laughs> no interesting it does seem like it does seem like we're taking that the the show's original question more seriously now. Yeah. So well let me well let me say this. I love it. I love the throwback and and whenever I saw it the first thing my mind said to myself or I was thinking to myself, "Dang it, I I wish I wasn't at work because I want to start making an updated discussing who logo now." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's pretty cool. All right. So before one last thing before we get into our favorites, my question is: In this trailer, we see Shutigatwa's fourteenth Doctor briefly. Isn't this the first time we've seen the Doctor, the new Doctor, in a trailer before their regeneration? I think it is, isn't it? It seems like it would have to be. So once again, we broke history. So there we go. Yeah. I broke precedent. Or broke with history, whatever. But what we're not <laughs> going to break with is our favorite quote. Favorite quote. Lee, I'll start with you. What say you? Favorite quote. Well, I, I want to say that I just loved William Russell saying, excuse me, did you say her? Um, just because it's him. But, <laughs> and this is, this is a, another shout out to people who know the classic series. But when we met Tegan, the master had already tissue compressed her aunt vanessa and that was a terrible terrible thing and while the master is going around being crazy in this and he's deliberately provoking people as he walks past kate he says your dad was an idiot you know there's no reason for that but this is the thing that really got me that made me just want to say shut up oh tegan javanka how's your auntie vanessa do you keep her in a little doll's house damn <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> so is the reverse tissue compression a thing? We've never seen that before. Maybe it only works with cloned Cybermen. Maybe. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. The doctor doesn't even mention it when we have all those professors at the mock conference that the doctor has. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I clear up all the dead bodies. Yeah. yeah. All right. Clarence, favorite quote from you. Can I uh, pick a worse quote? There's so many sure. good quotes. I'm, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna be anti here. Uh, so Yaz has this line where she gets the gun and she's got it trained on the master. And um, <laughs> and you you wouldn't say this because it makes it seem like you're incompetent. But she says, "Don't you worry, I've got weapons training." 
what? Why yeah. you, that makes it seem like you don't know what you're doing if you say that in a moment. Yeah. yeah it's unfortunate. Yeah, that yep. made me curious yeah. a little bit. Once again, <laughs> Chip Noel doesn't show, he tells us. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. My favorite quote would be there were, there were several, several good quotes, but my favorite quote would have to be hmm, I know these teeth. Favorite quote. <laughs> Favorite scene. Clarence, I'll start with you on this one. Favorite scene. Hmm. So many, man. So many. I think I'm going to go with um, just the the holograms. All of them. They were great. Hmm. Interesting and fun. And just to see those different doctors pair with those different compa- classic companions. Um, and even a throwback to the Chibnall era with the, the fugitive doctor. Um excuse me, with the Fugitive Doctor. I believe all those were, were fantastic. Mm, absolutely. Cool. All right. Favorite, what were you, that was your favorite scene or, you know, yeah, scene. that was your favorite scene. scene. I'd, I, I, I just thought of something clever I can do. Anyway, so favorite <laughs> scene, Lee Shackelford. I, I'm with Clarence. There's just so much, but I, I, if I had to try to get it down to one thing, I did love the doctor being inside the master's TARDIS and using her TARDIS to jumpstart the other one and the power beam going between them. And, you know, we're going <laughs> to blow up the bad planet and turn volcanoes into towers of steel, which I guess we're supposed to believe are still there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> nobody's noticed them. Uh, it's just it's just a whole a whole sequence of a lot of sci-fi stuff. And I just <laughs> I just loved it. Just loved it. So. My favorite scene. Does anyone want to guess? The regeneration. Oh, cool. Wow, that's good. Yes, the regeneration scene. That is my... Really? The, I mean, the, this whole episode? I, yeah. yeah, the regeneration sure. scene, hands down. There was, trust me, seeing the famous doctors, the previous doctors, mm. loved it. William Russell loved it. Yeah. But me personally, regardless of if I could say I'm right or not, I loved the 10th Doctor. I think I was more emotional with his exit than any of the exits that I've seen. So, yes, hands down, regeneration scene. So, final rating. Lee, I'm going to start with you. Final rating. What say you? I'm going to give it five tissue-compressed Cybermen out of five. Mm, awesome. Clarence, what say ye? Um, uh Chris Chimno, I bid you adieu. Um, every mm-hmm. franchise needs their last Jedi. Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> but but uh yeah, I love this episode. It was amazing. I'm gonna give it five out of five um mystical uh unlimited power source energy girls out of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, awesome. Good. So because this is a special and because it'll be a while before we get any new Doctor Who, fresh new Doctor Who content, I'm going to break the five limits, sort of like we've broken the 12th regeneration limit. And I'm going to give this episode, you ready for this? 14 10th Doctors out of 14. I think you broke five. your own brain with that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. 14 10 doctors out of five there you go and the show too has jumped the shark uh, who knows <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows who knows but what i do know gentlemen as always 
this was so much fun. I am glad Chibnall's era is over, but I am glad it ended on a high note. And indeed, you know, even without David Tennant, the simple fact of I was happy with the Twelfth Doctor's exit. I think I may appreciate her more now, having seen her entire story. There you go. It is what it is, and new things are coming. So, new things are coming. Where else might you be found on the internet? Clarence, I'll start with you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, <laughs> no, uh, check out discussingtrek.com where we should be coming back pretty soon with some Prodigy episodes, Star Trek Prodigy, which should be starting up here pretty soon. Ooh. So yeah, check that out. And also just a general uh, thing for anybody listening. Uh, I would love to know what you have thought of Black Adam, if you had a chance to see that. And also, are you excited about Black Panther? Wakanda Forever coming up. Awesome. Lee Shackelford, what say ye? Um, I'm answering uh, Clarence's question. No, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I want to see, I want to see uh, 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 Black Adam. I want to see Wakanda Forever. Um, well, I, I'm still, I, I have started the renovation of my website and it's uh, chugging along. So I, I do encourage people to check that out at shacklefordfreelance.com. Awesome. Just Google me and you'll get there. For everyone listening, you can also check out Discussing Network to see other things that we have been working on. And as always, we appreciate your time. We're glad that you joined us. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And as always, we will be back next time. What? 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 Who? What? 14. Who's? There you go. I'm happy. What? <laughs> I thought I didn't want to go. You you didn't want to go. That's why you came he back. You really didn't want to go. What? Yes. Yes. He really, really. <laughs> I am so happy. You just don't realize how happy I am. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Network.